0: Hello and welcome to episode number 248 of the quo podcast. It's been a while. It will probably be a while until we record the next episode because that's how things are going in all of our lives recently. So uh, yeah, we haven't been doing this uh, as, like I said, as often as we would like to. But if you're listening out there, as I always say, and you like this and you would like us to do more, let us know. Uh, and if you like this, tell your friends, tell your friends, to dare, tell their friends, and then have those friends those friends, tell us that you're actually listening because we're just doing this for funsies and we're not doing it that often. But as I always say, if we knew you were out there and there were people listening, wow, this sounds way sadder now that I'm saying it out loud. It doesn't matter. Uh, hit us up, nerfroquo at gmail.com, I guess, or n- at nerfroquo on X. We don't really tweet very often. But uh, yeah, we don't cover the season finales of anything because I hadn't watched them at the time that we recorded this podcast. So we cover everything right up to the end of Loki Season 2 and Gen V. So in another month, you will probably get our thoughts on those two things and hopefully uh, the end of Doom Patrol that I just watched uh, and I will not talk about. Uh, aside from to say that uh, it made me uh, very sad-happy, or happy-sad, uh, as uh, the expression goes. That being said, uh, let's get right into this. Episode number 248 of the proco Podcast. Stay nerdy, y'all. Now we've started.
1: Hey, hey, hey. How's it going?
0: Hey, I'm good. Uh, your cat has zero chill. <laughs>
1: Listen... She's, she's afraid of anything, but once she gets a whiff of food or the possibility that you may have food, she will harass you. She will use her cuteness skills for evil and try to like manipulate you into feeding her. And god damn it, she's good at it.
0: She like it's it was for a while there, even after I finished a pizza, like it was excessive. <laughs>
1: it was, she just doesn't yeah. stop. Yeah, yeah. And she would f- eat till she's full. And she still demands more. Yeah, so until she vomits. She just wow. Can't. Okay, Th- that's why I keep portions very low around her, because she just will not. She'll just gorge herself.
0: Sure, I mean, uh, yeah, that probably has to do with you know being a stray for a while. But yeah, but uh, I've seen strays before. She's just like she's she just doesn't stop. She's excessive. Um, so we just finished episode two of Invincible. So we should probably start there. This has
1: been a great start, you know. I was expecting like consecutive episodes with Anselm Levy, Um, but yeah, I I mean, I'm just liking this. I was assuming that there was going to be overarching, you know, storyline with Anselm Levy and him getting revenge on sure, um, and there probably will be,
0: but there's just so much other stuff. That that's the thing. That's why Invincible and the comic book, like, they had some like they had like a Guardian side series Mm -hmm. that was short. They had like a lot of like little like mini things that also take place in like this universe because there's just so much there's so much stuff to cover. (laughs) Like as it's like Robert Kirkman, aside from just invincible and his dad and what's going on in that little there's still stuff going on all over the place in this little universe that he created and it's just like you see the sequids in this yeah. like that big be- so much of that stuff is just setting up stuff that may or may not happen in this season it, they the sequids thing might not happen until the third you know there's just so much stuff um
1: and i'm just loving just the fact that there are consequences to what happens in previous episodes and previous season. oh yeah and the emotional consequences where i know the mom goes through shit in the comics but just seeing that yeah in animation um sandra oh just killing it you know with the range and just showing how much of a wreck she is and as well with you know mark grayson you know, he is still traumatized over the fact that he couldn't stop his father. The fact that he was, he took part in all of this bloodshed. I mean, there's weight behind everything, you know, uh, with what has happened to these characters. And that's kind of like what I appreciate about Invincible as a animated series. You know, it's like it takes things a little more seriously. The characters are, even though it's like out there, superhero But they take their characters seriously and, you know, they force growth on them, you know, that you kind of, you know, obviously can't relate to that, but you can relate to trauma, you know, and a sense of loss. Um, And, yeah, so far, so great for this second season.
0: It's been really good. Even the stuff, like I was talking before we got on mic, there's some stuff in this second episode. They definitely changed some stuff from the comic book. Uh, as far as, like, two of the things that happen with him going to, uh, Invincible going to basically face the new Darkwing. Mm. Uh, both that and the, how he resolves the whole thing in Atlantis with, like, the... Yeah. Um, it's a lot funnier in the comic book. Yeah. It's, it's treated a lot, like, sillier. Uh, but as far as, like, it's it's weird. It's like, it's one of those things. where was like I don't know why they changed it, because it, there isn't really a a, as far as like what happened in the comic book, there wasn't anything that happened in the comic book that like. They needed to change, so I'm not sure why they changed it. But I don't necessarily have a problem with what they changed, which is weird because it's just like normally when like they change stuff for like no reason. It's just like, why would you even bother? But in this case, I was just like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Is it because yeah. of the tone? Possibly, from what I remember maybe. From the con- it was hilarious. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, And I think that they already had that funny sequence with Doc Seisman Yeah. at the beginning. They didn't want to make it too jokey. I, that's my guess.
0: Right. Uh, which is funny because even that they changed from the comic book. Because in the comic book, he does something... Uh, the way that resolves itself in the comic book is also different. It's all, like, sort of comedy stuff in the in the book. I guess they wanted to go with a more serious yeah. thing for this episode, which is fine. Uh, yeah, also, like, he's facing not just the fact that he, he couldn't necessarily stop his father, but he's also, you're going to see, you saw a little bit of it in the first episode, but also the fact that, like, there are alternate versions of himself where he joins his father. There I mean, once you get into like all of these Oh does
1: he see those encounter those alternate versions he where he joins his father?
0: There are he ain't, I'm not sure when this happens in a comic book, but he definitely encounters alternate versions of himself.
1: And they're all dicks.
0: Uh I won't even go say that, so far as to say that they're all dicks, but they're all they're all people who they're all versions of him that went the opposite direction that he went. Mm. Um, And that, like, weighs on him even more. The fact that, like, I think it's even more than him not, quote-unquote, not being able to stop his father. It's the fact that, like, he still has that in him. And you see the that in The
1: possibility that he could go that route.
0: And also, like, the fact that, like, the whole anger thing and, like, that's whole vil- Viltrumite thing. It was just, like, they get angry, they get violent, and they're super powerful, and that's a problem. <laughs> um, yeah, not spoiling anything from the... I, I don't know what exactly... I, I don't think they're going to change anything super major from the comic but there's a whole, like, arc of all of that that I won't get into if you haven't... Okay. If you're just watching the show and you haven't finished because the series is now done with, uh, and it, like, finished... Like, I was saying that, like, that whole what will you have after 500 years, yeah. like... They come back to that at the end of yeah, the series.
1: Yeah, I'm familiar with. I, I didn't read it, but I went online to check. You know, the major touching touchstones yeah. throughout the arc, and I heard about how that comes through. Towards like, the like,
0: end. Th- and it's not like I won't tell any details because it's it's actually not even like that last bit isn't like something super major. It's just. Mark's... The end is Mark's answer to what will you have after 500 yeah. years. And at the start of it, it's I'll Still Have You, which is, like, his dad. And at the end of the series, it's everything he's done. Because it does actually jump forward at the end to, like, 500 years. It, like, does, like, a a bunch of, like, here, a bunch of things. It condenses a lot of time in that last, like, arc. But it... it he, it is a very definitive answer to what will you have in five hundred years and it's it's very sweet, it's very awesome. Like I said, I'm yeah, not spoiling th- anything because I'm not telling you yeah, any details, is, but it's kind of amazing. Yeah, this is
1: a comic with heart, you know. Yeah. And I, I've heard that this this series is similar to like, you know, a fusion of like Superman and Spider Man.
0: It's exactly know? what it and you could see all of the gar- I mean, obviously Gardens of the Globe are the justice league yep. the seaquids are star of the conqueror like they it is very much a version of the dc universe and what i always appreciated about the comic book was that robert kirkman and he did this with walking dead too he took like a genre that had been done to death and one of the things that he's that he managed to do with invincible and walking dead amazingly is he managed to take a genre that had been essentially by the time that co- those comic books come out, had been kind of done to death, and made it feel fresh like it was brand new again. And all of the stuff in Invincible, like I said, it's it's very much a parallel for the DC universe, is that all of it, all of the characters, everything about it is stuff that you've already seen DC do. Um, aside from like you know, teenage Superman, essentially. But, but it's it's all stuff that's been done before it's just that like he managed to like have new takes on almost all of it um, and that's not, it's not just Robert Kirkman too uh, I will say that uh, Ryan Otley and the original Corey I'm drawing a blank on his last name but the original artist and design guy, uh, because that's the way image works. A lot of times is like they deserve as much credit as Robert Kirkman does as a writer, as in like creating the look, creating like yeah. the characters, creating the vibe, like making everything see fresh and new, and not like you know oh we've seen this before, but it's a new take on it. Yeah, like,
1: I was last Comic Con. Um, even though I don't see all of the panels, but I always. Go out of my way to check out Scott Snyder's panel, even though that was the,
0: the other thing I want to talk about because I didn't go to New York okay. Comic Con this year. We should talk a little bit about New York um, Comic Con.
1: Yeah, he was talking about his process because I know he's collaborating with Comixology and Amazon with their brand, and he's making books for them. And he was like talking about the process of like creating books, storylines, and how he collaborates with artists. You know where he. Makes it a point to not just give orders, but yeah, collaborate. Have them provide feedback on how to not only develop the panels, but in terms of the character work.
0: You know, I mean, build
1: up character. I mean, it's a great way to my, like, work.
0: My big shut up and take my money guy is Brian K. Vaughan, and Brian K. Vaughan, all of his projects are as much as as a fan- as much of a fantastic writer as Brian K. Vaughan is. You can point out any of, all, and I, I'm. This is I don't. This is not a coincidence at all. I don't think it's like all of his projects. It is also like there's an artist who is not just the artist. They are the co-creator. Like, why The Last Man? I don't think would have been as much as it was without Pierre yeah, Guerra. Yeah. Um. Certainly, uh, like, uh saga would not be what it is without fiona staples like it's as much everything like he does as like i said as fantastic a writer as his he is if he's working on creative, even when he's working on like other books i will i will say like his run on buffy uh and his run on like runaways for marvel i i would give credit to you know the artists on that too because they were both artists who had been who'd worked on the artist Worked on the book previous to him coming on, and like yeah, there's but his image products, uh, his image projects in particular, I think are as much a credit to the artist that he's working with as the writer, um, and yeah, R- Invincible in particular. I don't know Walking Dead as much just because Walking Dead was Charlie Charlie Adler, and he's he he had had a long storied career before walking dead so Uh, i don't i don't know as i don't know if that was as much like charlie adler working
1: totally forgot let's this would be a perfect
0: opportunity happy birthday dude oh are we doing this now i thought you were gonna wait
1: oh oh you're you're here so uh, my apologies for not wrapping it up but that's okay Uh, i (laughs) I got that at comic-con and it just i was looking for something with invincible but when I went the next day, they all sold out of, of Invincible. But this was like an a awesome pack. So I figured that you'd also appreciate it.
0: I'm, I deeply appreciate this. I can't take it with me today. Oh, damn it. Okay. Because <laughs> I can't, I, I can't fit this in my bag. So oh, wait, you can, I have a bag? Dude. Okay. Oh, well, then I'll take it with me because I'm going to take the train. I didn't bring okay. my skate. So I'll take the train back. Thank you. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, So yeah, I, yeah, Invincible so far has been first season was great second season so far has been great so yeah i'm i'm looking forward to yeah, I was
1: that. like and i'm sure we're gonna segue to this next show but just like we've been talking about how just like marvel has been like a lot of misses lately yeah. amazon when it comes to their superhero shit have just been like hitting banger after banger I-
0: And also, Invincible the side the side story the the Adam Eve yeah that was dope. Uh, But I also think, like I said, a lot of that has to do. And I think we mentioned this last time, the fact that like Amazon, I wonder how much of the stuff that Amazon because there's a lot of if if they if Amazon has decided well we can't have Marvel we can't do dc because those are both owned by disney and warner brothers respectively there's a lot of stuff they can pull from a lot of fantastic stuff they can pull from image
1: i mean image i mean image is great because they they have their you know they allow creators to do their own thing you know and a lot of sh- image shit is just out there you so know. I, same thing with like garth ennis His shit is weird and pulling from The Boys is just like perfect. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think, I, I think The Boys I think The Boys pull from a lot of the other um in, um uh, publishers outside of I World think World I
0: think The Boys is actually IDW, but I'm not 100% on that. It might it might be Image. I I can't remember now.
1: No, The Boys is definitely IDW. It's definitely not Image. Okay. Uh,
0: I will s- also say that uh I recently signed up for Libby. Have the app Libby. Which is uh and it's an, it's yeah. one of the apps that's connected to like the public library, so it's connected okay. to Brooklyn Public Library, which means that I can like you can like uh take out like digital versions of whatever they have. So mm-hmm. I am I'm now continuing reading Descender, which, okay. is, which is Jeff Lemire and this other artist. And there is a new ish book that Robert Kirkman himself said, Hey, if you miss Invincible you should be reading this. It's called Radiant Black. And it is.
1: I think I I heard about that during Comic-Con.
0: Yeah. 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 It's relatively recent. Uh, Jared, my friend Jared, uh, and also a previous guest on a podcast, like suggested Radiant Black. It's, I'm only now reading through the first trade paperback. But mm-hmm. so far, I'm like, oh, I get it. I get why people were saying, oh, it's going to. If not as successful as <laughs> Invincible, it's definitely like right off the bat it's like oh okay, I could see why this people would say this might be the next invincible. It's very different but it's you know uh, similar like like that kind of thing it was like oh this is a thing that's been done before but it doesn't feel tired yeah um, and there's true. just so much stuff like image has so much I like image has so much stuff that I for- I f- forgot stuff that they own. Like, uh, what is it? Uh, that that series or that movie? I think it was a series with Charlie Theron. The Old Guard, The Old Guard is an yeah. min- was an Image book. Like yeah. I and I had I completely I was just like, why does this seem familiar? And then I just happened to be like flipping through some old like comics that I have. I was like, oh, that was a yeah. Yeah, and there's so much.
1: The Losers is I think also Image. I believe From so. A few years ago with uh, um, what's her name? The girl who plays Gamora. I forgot her name. Yeah, that that was an all-star cast, and yeah, I believe it, that was it, also was it was an
0: okay movie. Um And Wanted. Wanted as well, yeah. yeah. Well that's Millerverse. That's oh, okay. quote unquote Millerverse, and Netflix owns the uh, I think the 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 rights to Millerverse now. Um what's the other oh there is another. I they could they could only do it animated. I don't know if the book has been popular enough for Image that they, it's been going on long enough. There's a book called Birthright. It's like a fantasy series. Yeah, not familiar with that. One. It's it's really good. Uh, Chew is another one that I've I ho- heard of that one. I that, hope, that I hope they I've do heard. Chew at some point uh chew is another one so chew and birthright are both ones that i would hope that amazon would option and do animated Mm. because birthright they could possibly do live action but it's they would cost so much money um chew just the vibe of that book there's you couldn't do that i if you tried to do that live action i'd be like why why no this should be animated but they should. I mean, as far as like, like I said, optioning like future stuff from Image, they should yeah. definitely do Chew. Chew is great.
1: Um, but yeah, the point is, there's just like so many uh, great IP outside of Marvel and DC yeah. that so many uh, that TV and Hollywood could definitely benefit and and, from.
0: and and not just that. It's m- it's milk. to uh, to segue into Gen V. There's also because of the nature of the image books and the creative owned. If the creators are on board with the series, it's not like there's a Disney or Warner brothers. That is, there's no larger thing that they have to deal with. Yeah. Like all those books, like if they want to change things as long as, in my opinion, as long as the, the original creators are like, okay with it, it's fine. Like, like, like I said, they don't have a larger mandate anywhere that they have to deal with. Uh, which is comes to Gen V because Gen V is Goldolkin University is barely m- mentioned in the boys, and Gen V doesn't have his own comic book. It was just a spin off and it's been fantastic. I mean just like everything
1: whoever is responsible for Shor of the Boys and Gen V, they're just like they just know the books and they know how to hit the right. I mean, the show is fucking, rid- Those shows are ridiculous. Yeah. But they just strike a right chord between, you know, foolishness and just like really topical. Yeah. You know, you know, pulling f- straight from the headlines, current events, issues with social media and, you know, just like issues with education, higher education, Yeah. yeah. how messed up that is you know, and talking about that on this show, Gen V, I'm just like, this is just, it's just perfect, man. It's, you know, it is. They have no Carl Urban, we, but we, that, have, yeah. It. we so haven't, yeah, we haven't
0: talked about it as a podcast, but the fact that Gen V is essentially just fucked up X-Men, not that, like, and, and I've, ma- I've made the comment was like, the X-Men are fucked up as it is, but this is, like, fucked up, already. like, X-Men, if, like, you had a bunch of you know, a college that had kids that age who actually had superpowers I was just like, yeah, there'd be a lot of fucked up. Shit. Number one, there'd be a lot of fucked up shit that would have that would happen. And number two, a lot of fucked up shit that you would probably have to cover up because yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, raging hormones and fucking superpowers in a quote unquote An realistic. Entitlement. Yeah. And yeah.
1: entitlement that these <coughs> kids have um and like towards the end no spoilers but they're just like really connecting the themes of what happened towards last season with the boys where just like you're seeing a growing war brewing where sure. those with powers feel superior to those without and i'm i just can't wait to see what happens you know um uh with how this spills over to the next season of the boys but yeah just like talking about the entitlements and you know the us versus them mentality it's um, it's very
0: x-men and also it'd be funny if they went the same direction that that marvel is now pulling out of with the x-men which is like we're gonna hold we're gonna start our own nation (laughs) like it would not surprise me at all if they went in that direction it's too sure.
1: i mean and Base, ba- I'm aware of the very finite end of The Boys. You know, this is just... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's this whole point is just like showing you the character arc of certain individuals on the show and the comics. Uh, but yeah, they're definitely never going to touch the X-Men thing because there there's a definite end with there's this. An end. this I,
0: I do... I mean, one of the particular things that I appreciate, not just in like... The creativity of, like, the different types of powers, but also the the actual, like... I always appreciate it as, like, you have a, here's the superpower, and you actually, like, have a creative take or a different take. Or even, like, some thought had been put into, like, if you had that power, not just the obvious directions. Well, I mean... To be
1: fair, especially with Gen V, it's very much the X-Men.
0: Oh, yeah. A yeah. lot
1: of it is pulled. You've got, like, a beast-like character. Sure. You've got a banshee-like oh, yeah. character there. It, um, the only difference is just – what's his name? Not Luke. The the troubled one. I forgot his name. The brother that is alive. He's very much the Hulk. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's he's really the Hulk. the non-mutant yeah, yeah, yeah. character – that's featured but everyone else w- at, with the exception of well, marie well, well, no, no, is no. very much but but you know who X-Men sam like.
0: but but you know who sam is then if he's because. not the hulk no he's wolverine no yeah he's well, wolverine he's well, wolverine maybe like a fusion he's wolverine if wolverine was a teenager think about and that and with
1: the strength of the hulk
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. because that's that's what that is um i up. No, no. Wolverine may have memory
1: issues, but he wasn't crazy.
0: Wolverine as a teenager, Wolverine just exa- just escaping from the Weapon X program. He's he essentially
1: was a teenager. He was a, he was, a he was an well adult, conditioned but, but, killing machine. But, beforehand. but that's
0: the thing. He was a like he was an animal, like he was a killer. And I think that's. I mean, it's not a perfect. It's not, not a perfect al- it's not a perfect. It's not a perfect analogy. I'll he give you that.
1: Is I mean he's just put in stressful situations but I don't know what ca- comic book character he would be a perfect you know uh, one to what one what comparison I with. Mean but what he's just very much y- youth I mean he's a young child I mean none of, b- none of them are none of them
0: none of them are perfect one to ones but he's been sheltered a yeah,
1: lot yeah. I mean I mean as you saw f- with one of the earlier episodes where he's just gravitating towards anyone that will accept him Sure. You know, um, and he's very naive, uh, which is which wasn't Wolverine at any point sure, in his yeah. life. Um um yeah, who would he be? Like fresh out of the womb. Maybe not prime, Captain Marvel.
0: Maybe. I mean uh, there are there are people. D- I see p- Captain Marvel people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. The other yeah. One. Shazam. I could probably, I could probably think of like a couple. I, I, you'd have to give me a minute to like go through the X Men, but like I said, there aren't like perfect one to one. Uh, I appreciate like the the gender swapping character. I feel oh, like that's ha- awesome. I feel like that's handled really awesome. well. Awesome, yeah. Um, I love the main character and the fact that it's. And I just
1: love the dialogue. It's like whenever you want to make a point, you always look at turn yourself into a guy. Yeah. I just like I just love
0: the dialogue on that show. Um. So the main character, her opening sequence, much more gory, but it's 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 totally an X Men thing. It it is it's it's rogue. Societal. Yeah. It's it's rogue, but like different power, but it's a rogue thing. Also, I really appreciate. No, no, that is the
1: blonde one, the Emma Frost. Slash oh, yeah, she's yeah, yeah. one. But that's what I mean. Like, they're they're not
0: one to one comparisons. Uh, but I also appreciate like just like when I was talking about like, oh, if you actually give just someone some thought to what if s- someone actually had this power, the power to control blood. It starts out with like her doing very physical things, yeah. like creating weapons or whatever with the blood. And then this is like figuring out that there's more subtle stuff. It was like, Oh, if you can control blood, you can stamp you know, you could stanch you can create blood clots, you could save people who are bleeding to death, you can make a guy's dick explode <laughs> like like it's
1: Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. Oh just the the gore and the sh- The gore I, and, I just and,
0: it. and just to to go back as far as like the but the God deserved it. The the, the the girl who grows and shrinks. Just the fact that like the dude who sleeps her like just the level oh, of, the sh- level of like explicitness in this show, both of the boys and Gen V, it's just ridiculous. Also the fact that like they've like okay, she's like you know, Hank Pym, except instead of Pym Particles, it's, you know, it's a thing she can control, but it's a thing she can control, and it's connected to, like, having an eating disorder, essentially. Uh, I All of that, like, it's all, like, here, like I was talking about with Invincibles, like, here are all sort of powers you've seen before, but it it just, either there's a twist on it, or there's, there's an element of it that like oh there's a cost yes with the powers
1: and i like that i mean obviously comics you know you don't want to stress that but you know there is a toll yeah that takes place on the body whoever wields those powers um you saw that with you know the father um polaris or something like that Yeah, yeah yeah um uh, yeah, it's, it's really heavy, and that much I appreciate that because you can't just, like, spam your powers. You know, same thing with the, the, the telepath. Or the yeah, psychic, yeah, yeah. You know, every time she uses it, I mean, you see her, I mean, obviously you show how monstrous she becomes, but she gets, she gets blood vessels burst in her eyes for over-usage. Um, Yeah, I just love the fact that you can't just, like, spam these powers over and over again un- unless you're Homelander you know there are certain costs that you have to factor
0: yeah yeah in. and yeah it's all of it and you know the way it's connected into du Bois, the boys a whole conspiracy of like what the and also like the what the university actually is versus like what they promote themselves to be also just which is perfect because that's what University is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Real, real higher education is like that nowadays, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. I mean, we had a whole conversation with it about this last time we hung out about like the fact that like, here's what higher education, the college education back when it was free, essentially public universities were free. Universities themselves weren't free. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the whole purpose of it had like shifted from what it was supposed to. Yeah, fuck oh, it.
1: by the way, uh, even though no one's sponsoring this podcast, by the way, you should sponsor this podcast. People, go to Dolly's. You know, oh yeah, great, yeah, yeah. I was gonna, I we was were talking say. about this, and I just had to plug Jamie. You've been talking to me about this place for years now. Every time we hike, we finally ate there. Uh, Rich, we gotta go there uh, all together. It's just amazing food. Go to Dolly's. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's yeah, yeah. It's uh, right by the the garrison. Train stop on Metro North. Uh, it is, they are, they're open. I, I, I. We'll do a full plug here. Why not? <laughs> uh, Tuesday through Sunday after four. It is a great, if you go out and you hike uh, the trail to uh, Glencliff, Arden Point, and also Hudson Highland State Park are right there. You hike, you get back at four, you make a reservation, or if you're lucky, you can just walk in and just get a table yeah it's all like all their food is sourced locally it's amazing they've been there for a couple decades now it's yeah it's it is worth I it i mean
1: your wealth of knowledge i mean dolly's telling me morning poops are the best thing and they, they are the best <laughs> thing <laughs> they in are totally world. the best thing and everyone listen to Jamie <laughs> you will not steer your I world. mean <laughs> I mean I mean food f- food and pooping
0: a, my my expertise is very is a very small window uh but yeah it's just uh yeah I I have not watched the finale yet for Gen V, I am it's, very much it's looking. Fucking I'm gonna great. get. I'm gonna get to it tomorrow. It's,
1: it's fu- and I'm glad that they're getting a, a second season because of course uh, you have to. This it's it. It ends on a cliffhanger, and ooh, I can't wait for uh for season two. It's just it's fucking great.
0: Yeah, and um uh and also the boys is coming back.
1: Uh, I, I uh, need that in my life as soon as possible, man. I need that show as soon as possible. Yeah,
0: it's like. I mean, they've had, uh, they had, they also adapted, I think it was Powers, and Powers was, eh. But I think Powers was amp, because... Sony did that,
1: and they suck. Sony
0: but it came sucks. out through Amazon.
1: Probably it was in collaboration with Sony, I think. Um, but, I
0: mean, I don't think it was, did Amazon do? Yeah, it was Tim Roth, it was Amazon. And it was just okay. it wasn't great. The comic is great but but the uh you might be thinking of the wrong thing. I don't know uh powers was with Tim Roth if I remember correctly uh I think it just came out too early in this process of like superhero shows coming out, and it just it flew under the radar and like uh. It wasn't bad. It just was. Oh uh,
1: yeah, it was for the PlayStation Network. I remember. Really? Yes. Oh okay. That's why I associated with Sony because I knew when I w- had a PS3 or whatever, Sony was uh, promoting that as a way yeah. to like give an okay. additional benefit to whoever signed up for PlayStation. Um, and it was like it got meh
0: reviews. Yeah, and it was just okay, which is unfortunate because that show, that series, is really good. Uh so yeah. Uh, damn i'm uh, also uh jensen ackles is just oh as God. as soldier boy as he's just, d- just d- the guy needs to do more tv I he mean, does look fu- lo- he's a fucking treasure man. Lo- look he man a fucking treasure look like. man what is it what was it preferably S- him being an asshole yeah <laughs> he's well, a great ass <laughs> what was it 16 seasons of fucking supernatural Supernatural literally just ended, I think, like, last year. I may want to year.
1: just watch the show Supernatural just for him. Because he's fucking great. Here's
0: what I'll say about Supernatural. It is not a great show. It's not a terrible show. It is – there's something I, – I don't know exactly how to – because I didn't I, – I haven't watched – because, God, there's a lot of it – Uh but it is a show that I used to just dip in periodically. And one of the things that I appreciated about that show is y- you might not get it. You might not get the o- whatever the overarching plot point of each season was. But I did appreciate that you could, at least for me, I, I couldn't speak for other people, you could jump, in, jump into any episode of, the, of that show and you could just be like, I get what's going on. Because even if like you don't get the overarching plot of whatever the season was, you're like,
1: You'll I know enjoy what, those. I know episodes.
0: what's happening in this episode. Yeah. And right even if boss. I don't completely grasp what's happening in larger in this episode, it's still entertaining. Hmm. There's, there were just something I also think that like they just hit a point like any of those shows that's been on forever, where it's just like, look, we know exactly what we're doing and we know exactly how to do it uh it it's no big thing like it's yeah it, he's great in it uh the uh, the guy who plays Sam is great uh it's another one of those shows that was just on for so long that you're going to watch early episodes and you'll see people from other that you saw on other shows or now more famous because that's just how that works like you watch early episodes of, like, we were in a text chain, and it was just like, there's an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer that Petra Pascal is in. Like, mm. it's just, Supernatural is another one of those shows that's just like, got it was just on for so long that you're gonna see people who later became more famous, or you just, you recognize just because... There yeah,
1: have been on other things.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, I won't, like, say, go watch Supernatural now, but, like it's you're not wasting your time <laughs> i like i don't know how to i don't know how to, pr- for, know how mean, to properly there's a reason why it was on for 16 <laughs> seasons let's put it that way from like,
1: what i've seen what i've heard of from people watch the show people watch it really love the show you yeah. know and it's been a solid run you know it's not like I mean yeah, it's an Amer- it's an American show. It's gone on for God knows how many seasons, but it seems like people who stuck it out were not disappointed towards the end and yeah. they've always wanted more. And sure. that's a great thing. That's yeah. a great that they've done something right if that's the case.
0: And it's crazy. It is insane. Maybe it's because like just the the fact that like you just don't need as big of ratings as you used to even on a channel like the CW. It's just like it is insane how well lo- i mean it's they, insane how long that show
1: was on i mean maybe it's a demographic that they targeted and those ads you know I those guess. ads you know you know they they wanted to hit the, that core i don't know the average age of the person who watched that show but maybe they made a lot of money from that show you know i will
0: well there there to there, keep two, it on, there, there all were there, there were two along. thing there were two things that i noticed just like peripherally about the audience of that show uh is a weird tangent but this is what happens uh, like i said it's like here are the things we're gonna talk about here is what we we'll go off Yet and yeah Enjoy. uh is i think like a lot of the cw shows it was originally sort of pitched towards 18 to 24 males but I think in more recent years, especially because one of the more successful shows that they've yeah, had... I mean, dude,
1: Jensen Ankles will definitely get the ladies.
0: But but yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think in the past... So one of the most successful shows they've had recently is The Vampire Diaries. And I think what happened with The CW is they shifted their focus from what, every, what used to be the primary de- demographic, which is 18 to 24-year-old males, and that shifted to... 18 to 24 year old girls and women and I was just like that was a market that they hadn't tapped into before and I I actually think that like that from what I saw like even shows that you maybe wouldn't have think thought would have skewed in that demographic all of the CW like Supernatural The Flash uh even shows like I said, that you wouldn't Legends of Tomorrow, all those DC shows, Arrow obviously uh, was both. Arrow was both actually, um, but yeah, a, a, like Vampire Diaries, I heard was one like that. Supergirl, even though it, wa- it wasn't on CW, was definitely targeted towards that. There was definitely a shift there, and I would say that. Supernatural was a big part of that because it's just like the dudes like to watch it because it's you know sci-fi. It's 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 it's, well yeah it's more like fantasy horror. Fantasy horror. Uh, And the
1: ladies dig it because because it. Well, it's both
0: of them. It it whatever. So if you like your pretty boy, you like Sam. (laughs) And what uh, Jerry Padalecki you like Jerry Padalecki if you're like you're your, uh, bad, boy or your bad boy unshaven kind of dirty dude you like your Jensen Ackles I forget the name of his character um, and yeah a- again it's one of those things where it's just like oh you found you found the formula you found the formula <laughs> like, either way
1: someone's you're gonna get wet at the end uh, of every
0: episode sploosh yeah and and it's it just him like hilarious. He's hilarious. This yeah, I mean, I mean, he mean needs
1: to, they need to do more episodes with him in the future.
0: They're gonna look. They they're to. gonna if he actually wants to do it, they'll do a prequel of like him actually actively that being shit a superhero. It would be fucking awesome. Man. It would be hilarious. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's but also like I mean, when you talk about the boys, like Carl Urban is just like. He's, he's the best thing. You know? He's I mean, really good at like I would I would even argue that his uh his
1: Carl Urban doing anything is great. I mean it's like he, I mean yeah. him his butcher is fucking magnetic. But fuck he was an amazing Scotty. That's what he I was gonna he say. He was great. It's amazing in, Scotty. I mean every movie or TV show he's done, I've loved. It. I mean even like the small moments he was in like the Born ultimatum he sure. was a great villain even i didn't give a damn about like pathfinder but he was in it and i was like i yeah. was surprised pa- pathfinder is not
0: it. is not a good movie but it's it's entertaining he was fun and- yeah uh dread he's fantastic in oh for god dread he's amazing. he's really g- like he is both an underrated actor and also like he seems to just fly below the radar like as far as like just stuff that he's been doing,
1: and I did not know he started out with Xena, Warrior Princess.
0: I didn't know that either. I, but I that just, does, I was doing I that IMDb, does not surprise me was like, in the was, slightest.
1: First of all, I didn't know he's that old, and two, I mean, he looks old, but I didn't, I don't think that he's been around that long. And sure. it's like I saw a clip of him on Zena's, like, damn, New Zealand, he is New Zealand, that yeah, young, yeah, yeah. oh my goodness, oh.
0: uh. So yeah, uh, which weirdly, as because to uh, talk about, because I I'd forgotten. So I am now not on below not on lower decks, but I am now caught up on Strange New Worlds. What this think? this season was so good. I mean, last season was so, that show, and I'm going to look. I love me some Next Generation. I love, you know, Voyager, some of the spin offs. This might be the best Star Trek show there's ever been. Like, I'm not, like, I understand that that might be blasphemy to some people, but. Every Star
1: Trek is a little different. I love DS9. I mean, for me, it's TNG and DS9 because they're very different. Yeah. DS9 is a. And I thought. Discovery was dark, especially the first season. Sure, but DS Nine is like the darkest Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I the dig DS Nine. Over o- overtones of like warfare, and, and I love co- T. TN- I, I love I
0: love TNG, but TNG has some has a lot of clunkers. If you go back and watch Fuck it again, you, dude, <laughs> fucking, yeah, you
1: don't fucking piss me off right now. Um, <laughs> it's perfect. Um, however, I just like that fact that they keep the Star Trek script but is able to play with it. That's what I mean. Lot. That's
0: why I think it might be I the best love thing. It. The best Star Trek show because it manages to deviate wildly and still be at its core fundamentally a Star Trek show in the tradition of even the original series. Like even even in the something as ridiculous as the musical episode it manages to be as star trek as anything from the original series or tng um and that uh, reiterate like that cast is I fucking mean, that's phenomenal where, I mean, this
1: is what i mean it's I bananas gave, I gave disco discovery a lot of chances but the failure of that show was the fact that their cast was weak. There were like certain characters that were really good. Saru, uh, Tilly, slash Killy. Yeah, yeah. uh, but that's it. Yeah. yeah. You know, if for a Star Trek to w- for a Star Trek to work, you have to have a solid cast. Also from Discover top to Discovery
0: was not a crew. Yeah. That's what I think the problem was. Is is I
1: still don't know most of the characters on that show. Yeah.
0: And that's the problem. Like fundamentally in order to make a if you're gonna do like Star Trek, Star Trek, if it's it's on a ship and it's it's it is that crew as a whole have to be compelling. It can't be primarily like one or two characters. And one or two a- actors who are carrying the whole show. I would argue, like as much as I like Picard, Picard has that problem because it's not a crew.
1: The first two seasons, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, but that's mainly because that show isn't a crew show. No, it is the swan. It's the deviation. It's from the. S- the form it's the. the s- it's. it's yeah. I mean. Let's be real here, it's the swan song of a single character. Yeah. Uh, more than anything else. Like, and a single actor. <laughs> but
1: he's able to pull it off. Oh, of course, yeah. He's yeah, yeah. able to pull that shit off.
0: But God, like, there are so many I don't I even mean, know where to start like, with Stranger I Worlds. mean, it's like,
1: like everyone is fucking pretty. I mean, it's like I like the ladies, but god damn it, you know, Anson Mount and Ethan Peck. There, I have to respect those guys have fucking amazing jawlines, you know. Mabanga, um,
0: the, the fucking doctor. Oh yeah, is like who has wh- been around for a while. From,
1: he, he had a cameo in Luke Cage.
0: Sure, yeah. yeah. To he no, Was in he the Haitian? In possibly. He's he's in been in heroes. A, he's been in a. Bu- I did, I I gave. I, up, I didn't watch a lot of heroes. I gave up. I gave there up. There a on few
1: black characters in heroes, so that's why he kind of stands out to me. Maybe, um,
0: but yeah, that just like, I, everyone's just like and like the arc. So they they allude to it in season two, but to re- the the fact that they go back and that when they bring like the clean on like whatever his. Ribbon, and they go back and they, you know, to like the war, and you've that you found out the episode. you find out the that the actual background, it. which is interesting because it is very not Trek that episode, and and like I said, it's a it's a big devi- deviation. It is Trek, but that's what I mean. It that's, is I was trek. just I was just gonna say that like. It deviates very far because you don't get to see that it's side.
1: Very much DS9 Trek. Yeah, not over. It's not uh, Voyager or Next Generation or original series, but it's very much dark DS9. Trek.
0: It's also what very I great. like about that. It is the. It is a side of the. So most of the time on Star Trek, and one of the fi- like uh, fundamental things about Trek is this kind of utopian view of the federation and the future but one of the things that i really appreciate about strange new worlds especially in that episode is showing this like in order to get to that utopia of the federation as it stands in strange new worlds that, and even if it as it stands in strange new worlds there's a lot of messed up stuff that had to happen in the past like wars like you know And I particularly appreciate the fact that, like, war and dealing with war is a thing that Star Trek is, as far as, like, the Federation itself going to war, or pre-Federation going to war, is something that is very rarely addressed in Trek. DS9. Of course, ds Yeah.
1: I mean, uh, that is very much war-centric. I mean, as I said. DS9 is a dark show because it's not idealistic. You sure. know, you see Cisco do some gangster shit that y- we n- all know Picard would never yeah. go through. But oh once yeah. again, this is a show that is created after the, f- you know, after Wo- Wolf 359, after the attack by the Borg. You know, so this is a darker Federation in response to the Borg threat. So, of course, you're going to see dark shit. Um, but the fact that in Stranger New World, we dealt with a war with the Klingons, of course, there's going to be scars. Of course, yeah. people have some issues with the Klingons, and Klingons have issues with the Federation. And I'm glad that they uh, they brought that. I loved the fact that, you know, you saw warfare, and you saw Mbenga just being a straight-up gangster. Dude. Cold-blooded.
0: <laughs> and the fact that, like... It it was weird. So it's a weird parallel because you you probably haven't read the comic book, but it reminded me of the preacher character in Firefly. So in Firefly, they they uh,
1: wait, the TV show.
0: Yes, the TV show Firefly. Yeah, the. The preacher character. There's a comic book that actually tells you, like, because in the show they allude that, like,
1: he's done some shit. He's
0: done some shit. And you find out what that shit is in the comic book. The the comic book is good. It's a book. But yeah, basically, like, what they allude to in the show, once you read that story, you're like, ah, this is a little underwhelming. But it is definitely, like, one of those things is, like, you have to, to bring it back to Stranger Worlds. It's like, You have this doctor who has like this history and when you actually find out who he is and what he did, you're like, oh, no wonder he has some trauma and why he's always like when they have to like him and Chapel have to inject that thing to make them go. You know, I forget what episode it is where they actually have to fight and it's just like
1: like the first or second
0: episode. I believe of the second or the first season the second season the second season yeah and it's just like they're so reluctant to do it is like and then you find out oh that's the reason why
1: like i mean that's great i mean you have the episode where you know you see chapel having to shove her hand in someone's chest yeah and squeeze his heart to as we said one of the best episodes. in addition to the sing-along Fucking the crossover event with yes. Lower Decks, where the hilarity of having, you know, Boims, you know, and I oh, forgot her character both feature in live action with the Strange New Worlds cast. I mean, as you said, it's just like, it's a great balance of like experimenting with a lot of different things and, 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 and having fun. I, I also
0: Trek. that it's in that episode, there's a certain amount of self awareness. We're like as soon so it is both in the in like the post credit sequence when the stranger world cast are animated and also when the lower decks the two people from the lower decks are on the straight like in live action, they kind of had this commentary of like Yeah, they they talk really fast. <laughs> Why do they talk so fast? like it's because the writing is different and like the, the tone yeah, and like they kind of pull the strange new world world a little bit closer to the lower decks and lower decks gets pulled a little bit closer to like there's definitely like real emotional costs in lower decks but it's primarily a comedy show and they when they pull that into strange new world is like oh no the costs are real real because this isn't primarily a comedy show and also, like I mentioned to you, it it helps that those you know that Jack Quaid and what's her name just happen to Tawny Newsom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Looks Mariner. Yeah, Mariner. Uh, look uncannily in live action like yeah. the characters they play. I mean, like
1: it's easy when animators can purposely make the characters yeah, look yeah. like their voice actor. But it's just like, oh man, it's just yeah this. Strange New Worlds have just reinvigorated my enthusiasm for Star Trek. I mean, I had, like, Disco made me hate Alex Kurtzman, who's been the showrunner for the Paramount Plus Star Trek. But with season three of Picard, with Strange New Worlds, I'm like, I'm I'm excited for Star Trek. Sure.
0: I also think that it's, I mean, Alex Kurtzman is like the person who created it. But I think the people behind Strange New Worlds are are two different people. I can't remember the names right okay. now, but they're uh it it's his world, but they are the ones who are primarily like uh, as
1: long as he's not directly in charge. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's, speaking that's, of speaking
0: speaking of things that he was directly uh, just briefly, he was directly in charge of that were just kind of meh. Uh, Netflix pulled what was supposed to be the some of the Dark Universe movies and they the 2017 The Mummy movie. That was Alex Kirksman. I didn't realize that was Alex really? I'm pretty sure that was I could Google uh, this. Uh, but uh yeah that movie was eh. Uh Tom Cruise was in my opinion was actively terrible in that movie, which is funny because he's normally not actively uh, however you might feel about him, he's a great actor. Like he you know I
1: thought it was okay. I mean
0: I will I, we I will mean, both as we have discussed I, watch sofia butella I, I do anything i will agree it's not great
1: but no. i it does it's not classified as a hate watch you'll no. enjoy you i mean you'll be entertained by it Let me i'll just say that you, uh
0: well the, so that because there are things that are like i said i think you and me will watch sofia sofia butella basically do anything that's true even with like some of her skin rotten off it's just like oh, good lord um Russell Crowe just chews scenery in that – he's briefly in that, and he just eats every scene. He reminds me of Anthony Hopkins in both Bram Stoker's Dracula and The Wolfman, which is also now on Netflix. And, God, I loved it. It got kind of critically panned. I will say it's an hour and 45 minutes. The the Wolfman for 2010 – with Benicio Del Toro, Anthony, Mo- Anthony Hopkins, uh, Hugo Weaving. Oh, and that's an actor I haven't heard of Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, what's her name, who's now in that other movie with Chris Evans? I I have, like, a mental block on her.
1: Chris Evans?
0: Yeah, there's a new movie on Netflix where he plays, like, a drug pusher, uh, like a legal drug pusher. It's Chris Evans, and, oh, God, her name, she was in Looper. She was in Quiet Place. Emily Blunt. Oh, I, I mean, dude, Emily Blunt. Too. Well, my big thing is only w- with her in like one movie. She's pretty awesome. Yeah, Emily. well, she's a great actress. That's beside, but, but yeah, the just tangent like the Wolfman from 2010. The effects still hold up. Uh the gore in that is so over the top. As Dana Gould the comedian and myself there, there is a scene in that. And then I rewatched it. There is more than one scene in that where the Wolfman slaps someone's head off. And it's just that, I, I don't know. There's something about a movie that is completely aware of what it's trying to do. And I think that might've been why it was critically planned. I think people might've been expecting something else and it just goes in on being like an homage to like the original like Wolfman and just being super gory and kind of silly and kind of like
1: yeah you mentioned accidentally funny if it wasn't on yeah, yeah, yeah. purpose
0: but it, but even like the like there's nothing like even like the, the parts of it that are supposed to be like emotionally effective, effective aren't it's weird because you watch them and it's like I don't know if they're n- they're it's so stylized that you're almost like it feels like the romantic the quote unquote romantic parts, the the parts that are supposed to be like serious dramatic parts, it's not that they're not dramatic but it and it's not that it's like it, that it doesn't work, it's just it 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 You're not quite convinced that they're totally trying to be... You know, like, when you actually watch, like, a prestige drama, there's, like, a depth to things and, like, a weight to things that you feel like they're trying to make you feel. And this... the, The 2010 Wolfman has scenes like that where it feels like they're... This is a moment that they're trying to do that but but again it's so stylized that you're just like the fact that it's not entirely convincing or compelling almost like you're not like well it's shitty they're going for the drama the drama and it's not it's not effective but it almost doesn't matter because you're just like no this is just this is an homage to, like, an older style of filmmaking where, like, almost like a 1950s where, like, the acting is, is overplayed. It's almost like stage acting. It's overdone. But because you get the feeling that it's intentional, it doesn't put you off, if that makes sense. Like, you're not put off by it. Kind of okay. Yeah, you don't feel like it's artificial because you don't feel like they were going for natural you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I love that movie. I, I don't. Know. Like I said, I, I won't say it's a great movie, although there's that argument. It was like, if you enjoyed it, then it's a great movie. So I guess I thoroughly enjoyed that movie, so I guess it's a great well, movie. Well, you watch a lot of, ter- I wa- I I a lot of terrible know, movies. So yeah, um,
1: I, love, I and, love a lot of terrible and movies, yeah. I love a lot of terrible movies. TV shows, I will probably not listen to everything that you recommend.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I will say – I judge
1: th- your – the
0: the wo- the wo- yeah Al- alex decisions. kurtzman directed the mummy uh-huh. uh it is the same people who are behind star trek so whatever it was supposed to launch like universal's like whole dark yeah. universe and no, it did not you don't
1: not have to make a connected universe for everything no you know? um especially for monsters no one gives a
0: fuck no yeah. i mean And also because all of those monsters, everyone knows there's going to be a movie every couple of years that remakes them anyway. There was just a Dracula movie. They didn't call it Dracula. It was called Last Voyage of the Demeter. But it's a Dracula movie. (laughs) Like, I'm actually, when that comes on whatever streaming service, I will watch that because I'm curious. I'm always curious. Just like, you know, tactically tactically speaking, Renfield was a Dracula movie. And... And
1: it was f- it's it
0: is. But that's what I mean is is like every couple of years there's going to be there was just a version of Frankenstein that they did where they like switched some stuff around. And what's her name from Zombieland and Spider-Man and uh, Amazing Spider-Man who played Gwen. I'm having blanks on names right now, but she. Emma something. Yes, uh, Emma. I can't think of her last name. She Stone. Emma Stone. She's playing the monster, uh, and know. it's a version of Frankenstein. I, I don't know. know if it's come out yet. It might have come out and disappeared because sometimes that happens. But like, like I said, every, almost every year or every couple of years they remake Frankenstein. So it, you know. All of those, they didn't. They don't need to have a dark universe, quote unquote, thing for Universal. Even though Universal, it's like the Universal man- monsters, because well, all of those Wolf. They're gonna make another Wolfman would movie.
1: Learns the wrong lessons when it comes yeah. to successful films. So they just thought that hey, Marvel, it worked for Marvel. Let's just connect a whole bunch of films, and that will just yeah. equal equate to billions of dollars automatically. And as we've learned with Warner Brothers, that's not always the case. Yeah.
0: You know. Uh so. Super um, we haven't gone seen the, gone to see the Marvels. I don't know when I'd like to n- go see it. I, I, I I will. Wanted, yeah,
1: wanted I wanted to see it this week, but we had to pod and I have to do something else uh tomorrow. But if you're down for next week, let me know. Um I heard good things. It's, I could do it has good. I reviews. could do possibly
0: next weekend evening, like yeah, po- post fine. dinner time type yeah, that's thing. Fine. Um but uh also we should talk a little bit about like the echo. Uh, preview.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's – I have hope because I didn't think uh, Disney had the stones to do a dark and serious TV well, show. Well,
0: I, I, th- I thought that, like, because of they were willing to host and also, however you might feel about, like, She-Hulk, She-Hulk, I think a couple of the episodes are also, like, TVMA – so they were... Not real M.A. They weren't, but... But but it's... The, She-Hulk's ridiculous. Of course. Let's but the fact that they were willing to host, like, that stuff... Well, they had to. I mean, it's the fucking... It's the it's best their, Marvel. It's, it's, and, their, it's their, know, their IP, and yeah. It's,
1: and it's, the, it's just content that, you know, Disney now has, and they didn't have to, you know, spend money on it. Sure. It, you know, so it, it just makes sense. But will they... Go the lengths of what Netflix did with The Punisher, um, uh, Jessica, Jessica Jones, and Daredevil. I mean, the I based don't on the trailer, I am hopeful. Not the fact that I mean, it's you don't have to have gore or yeah. violence, but show that their stakes, their weight, their consequences. I didn't think, and they didn't take any of their Marvel characters seriously outside of maybe WandaVision, you know, and maybe now with Loki, where you know, their characters are a joke, you know. I
0: I think the other thing is, and I, I, the one thing, not tonally, but the one thing I don't that I am fearful about for Echo that maybe they've learned the lesson on, but I doubt it, is your show, if your show is a certain type of show, and Secret Invasion was was a was for me more than any of the other shows. Secret Invasion and uh, the Hawkeye show were the biggest examples uh, for me of like, look, I know your your whole formula is you have a big CG set piece battle at the end. There are certain characters and certain storylines that it's. It's actually better if you don't do that. And I'm really hoping they've learned that for Echo. I don't have hope that they they have. I am actually fearful that Echo's... All of the episodes are going to be really good and then it's going to have a final episode fight that is a big CG spectacle fest that is completely unnecessary. I mean... I hope I'm I've wrong. I hope I'm trailers. wrong. All
1: of us have been disappointed sure. by trailers all these years. Um, but, hey, I mean... I can only go by what they've shown, and I hope that they stick it. I will. I get disappointed. My money is yes. I will probably be disappointed because once again, these are the same people who, or this is the same company that did, you know, Hawkeye, you know, and Secret Invasion, and they didn't, you know, and they bombed with those. So and
0: and they they one of the big things that was like super disappointing is the early parts of some of those series were so promising. Like early on Secret Invasion yes, was that so promising. I agree with that. Parts yeah. of Hawkeye were so promising. And then they just like they shat they always seem to the they, always, they, they always they always seem to it. shit the bed near the end. Uh b- but I will also say like like I hope they do echo ra- Right. Just because they also super kind of botched her in the comics. But I think they botched her in the comics because they were trying to push something that was unnecessary. And also because if you're going to try and push something. So why? I mean, Yeah. <laughs> why? No one. About, I, I mean, mean we know why. But but. One it's of the big things. You They're the, a more higher
1: profile character. It's not even that a people will have an interest in learning and watching.
0: Here, here's the other, the other thing about that too is, in the comic books, the whole thing that they did with Echo in the comics might have worked. There are, like, I have Marvel Unlimited, like I have a subscription, and I don't really follow books as I've mentioned before. I follow writers, and there are. It, it can be painfully ov- obvious when someone who is good at doing a certain thing is writing and when someone who isn't – people aren't as good are writing it. And one of the examples, like – not Echo, but like Thor, Jason Aaron, when they did the whole uh, War of the Realms in the comic books – a lot of the books that Jason Aaron wasn't directly involved in writing, or at least co-writing, or at least supervising on some way, they weren't good. Because Jason Aaron somehow made all that ridiculous, like, pan, like, multi-realm, like, Thor ridiculousness. And somehow made it all compelling and made it work. No matter how ridiculous it was. It's like, his, he was the one who did, like, the Gore the God Butcher run. And that run in the comic books is great. And don't get me wrong, I love Taika, but when you hand it off to that, it turns this great thing, and it's like, and it makes it a joke. And it's like, like I said, I love Taika, but that's... If you're going to do that, maybe not. that's not the villain you give him. You give him another... You give them something, some other thing to do. Uh, but yeah, it's it's all with Echo in the comic books. I never got the feeling that there was anyone. So the original creator of that character is David Mack. David Mack comes from like the indie yeah. background. And his run on Daredevil where he introduced Echo, that whole run is great. I hope that they commit wholeheartedly to adapting it looks it, we'll see we parts of that, yeah, because they did the same You're, thing with Hawkeye. You,
1: you literally, I, it was like that Simpson episode where Bart could say, "You could see the moment where Ralph Wiggum's heart just breaks." <laughs> that is you, because <laughs> you had so much uh, high hopes for that because you knew they were pulling on, uh, pulling from some of the your favorite Hawkeye books, and then. It well, well, but here, here's, they, but here's they, what I'll see. They, they, sh- they but, shot that
0: man. But, but here's what I'll say about Hawkeye. Hawkeye had the problem that, from the get-go, the Hawkeye that they had established in the MCU fair, had fair. problems, and by problems, I mean they saddled them with a family that they didn't have in the comic books. Hawkeye, you know, whatever it is that they were trying to do. By giving him a family, in event maybe they were trying—I the, don't know—I don't know what they were trying to do well, by giving well, him a Sweden family. had his own plan. Had his own plan, and that got scrapped. But one of the, one of the things, one of the core elements of Hawkeye in the comic books that makes him likable slash dislikable like unlikable, is that he's this kind of dickhead single dude, like, who's makes very poor choices when it comes to women and when you take away that element of that's a big part of his couple character you take away f- that f- away from him he's not as interesting when you put that, him in the mcu well,
1: that wasn't the hawkeye we had in yeah the MCU.
0: and that's the thing i don't we don't necessarily have that problem with echo and also well, nobody knows.
1: problem with echo your problem is you don't care for echo yeah based on what you saw from the hawkeye tv show She's not, a, she's not that. She's not that. She's just not compelling at all.
0: But 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 it doesn't. But it also.
1: You're left with a bad taste from that show. Sure. where Everything, even Kingpin. Sure. Associated with that show is doesn't leave you excited. No. Uh.
0: But I will also say that they have. Just because it's a newer character. Uh, similar to sort of what they did with Mar- they they have more room I think to maybe make that more interesting they have more room uh because there isn't a 30 40 50 60 year history that they have to deal with with that character so we'll see i don't know the uh that being said i haven't watched the finale uh to loki loki i w-
1: which is phen- phenomenal i mean, i Right but off the right off. I the did not b- p- care. I mean, you, I think you started on Loki before I did. I just started this couple sure. days ago, and I had no interest because of just the bad taste of Marvel. And god damn, yeah, I was surprised by it's, the quality. I mean, it's not a surprise. It's Tom Hiddleston, he doesn't fuck shit though. It's also th- um, again, the, my goodness, the, the, the entirety
0: of that cast is phenomenal. Um, I think it's. I think and, oh, it is. Sad. It is it and is also so, at towards the end. Yes.
1: It it's so emotional. It's like, why can't more MCU movies and TV shows end this way? And so, it's a great arc.
0: So I will say close for this I, character. I will say, having not watched the finale yet, I will say that Loki has the advantage and did a similar thing with it The analogy that I make is Guardians Three, is because it's so it is connected because of whatever Kang. But even like the Kang stuff, they didn't. They're not. They haven't. They. He's he's in there, but he's not the focus. And because they don't have to connect to anything in the largest larger MCU, they had a lot more room to actually. Do stuff with the characters. You know, obviously Loki is a major character, but none of the other people, none of the other characters in that are like major characters in the Marvel Universe. It's just like, you have they had so much more room to basically do whatever the hell they wanted, and also, because they could kind of do whatever the hell they wanted, they could do compelling character stuff <laughs> for everyone. You know what I mean? Not like I said, and also like Tom Hiddleston is great. Uh, the woman who plays Sylvie is great. Um, K K K Kwan is a gift to everybody. Everybody to all of us. Um, uh, he. I love that he since everything everywhere at once. He's just like he's having an entire like second glad. career, <laughs> like. Uh, Owen Wilson is great. Uh, what's her name? Who plays the agent? I forget her. Her real name. like all of everybody, everybody, <laughs> like,
1: um, yeah, just like it's just an amazing character. Um,
0: and Art. they had the freedom to be weird uh, oh, and like do wild, you know, crazy shit.
1: Like this last episode, I was like, I heard this season was supposed to be trippy, and boy, do we get trippy! Yeah, You know, um, and and it's even though it does connect with the greater MCU, it's not a focal point that it does connect. Yeah. And on top of that, um, from what I've heard, it connects heavily with what they did with the comics. Sure. So there's a huge co- if you read if you read Marvel, if you read Loki, you'll see parallels. Yeah. Uh, with what happened in the books. And it, this is a good thing. Um, And yeah, I'm just like, it's, it's just, I just wish more Marvel shows did the characters like Loki right. Yeah. You know, it's like you saw a focus on a character. It's not the jokes. It's not to connect with, oh, to be continued in this next thing that's going to happen. No, it has a finite ending and it close It wraps up the story arc and the growth of this character. Enough said, and that's why this show is so great, and that's why most Marvel f- sh- uh, movies and TV shows outside of the first Iron Man, yeah, and maybe Captain America 2 and 3, uh, where everything else have fallen short because there aren't any focus on characters, yeah. And this is a great show. I mean, Loki's a great character, you know, Tom Hiddleston is a great actor, but it can be replicated, yeah, if they just like. Saw the bigger picture. Focus on the characters. Make people care about them, well, and not about the well, it's, CG it's, it's, spectacle.
0: It's, it's actually it's actually the opposite. It is not focus. Don't focus on the big picture. Focus on the yeah. small picture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like is, I think one of the central problems that you ran into with the, sh- especially with the shows, is it becomes it's so much about the big picture, that they forgot they almost—it's like they forgot. You have to make these. The uh, Charlie of all well, people made this comment. He it was made just a like, point on that, it's know? just like, you don't care about what's the individual, the actual story of whatever this show it's is. To connect to something greater. It's, it's to, to the next movie. To build build whatever the thing is. Yeah. Um. You
1: know, nothing is self-contained. It's yeah. You need to see it in you know in uh alongside with something else. You know?
0: and i will say that like this version of loki is one of the, the the examples of which the more modern take on loki as a character from the comic books and them kind of pulling that into the show actually makes the character more interest. like he's loki what you know he's been a thor villain he's always been like a villain but it's relatively recently that he's been as morally like ambiguous and much more complicated character than he's ever been in the past. Even in like War of the Realms, there's stuff he does in War of the Realms where it's just like, I'm doing a bad thing, but I'm doing a bad thing either for a good reason or... It's always been a thing, like, they, they joke about it in the comic books, but, like, Thor's been around for thousands of years. Even though he's been around for thousands of years, he's not particularly smart. Uh, Loki is smart, and there's been a couple things in the comic books in some of the arcs where, like, he's doing a thing where he's literally like, you think I'm evil, but it's like, you don't understand. I'm doing this so that hundreds of years from now or like I'm doing this so because I know about this bigger horrible thing that'll happen if I don't do this horrible thing that I'm doing now a much more horrible thing will happen is coming that'll happen if I don't do this thing like and it yeah it makes him a much more interesting character and I think they pulled some of that for the show and also I think a lot of it is just Tom Hiddleston you know there's also something to be said as like you give your main actors executive producer credit, and they have some say <laughs> in what they might want to do for the show. Like, can
1: help uh, formulate a great story. You yeah, know? and that's not that hasn't been the uh, case with Disney Marvel shows, unfortunately, and movies. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been great. Oh, uh, like just like a quick side note on like comic-con sure yeah yeah um um i i mean i didn't go in for a lot of the panels sure for the big stuff a big ticket item is just mostly for a lot of the panels being able to watch um uh one of the episodes of lord dex because i went to the paramount plus one you know and what is what is this paramount plus what's the show Oh, it was just uh Lord Dex. Oh, Lord X. Uh, yeah. Cuz Alex Kurtzman and the lead director for uh Lord Dex was there. Okay. So they were like talking about like, you know, Moopsie.
0: <laughs> the cat is causing problems.
1: <laughs> Gosh. You're not getting more food. Relax. Um, one of the Moopsy characters, cause I didn't get to that point. Um, the collaboration with, um, Kid Cudi. Um, yeah. apparently he's has a clothing line with Star Trek, il- oh, stuff, cool. you know? And, um, so that was fun. I uh, went to a solo panel with Kid Cudi cause he's collaborating with image with his, a uh, solo comic book, oh, moon cool. boy. Okay. Um, um, considering it from his albums he references. Yeah,
0: vaguely vaguely
1: so, familiar with that. Um yeah, just like checking, you know, did more like shopping, looking at some of the I mean, you know, the ner- the,
0: the the nerd mall.
1: Yeah, um and like and like Snyder, you know, that's sure. that's my big ticket thing every Every time going there, I have to see Snyder. The one thing that is different G- was—we we need to
0: clarify Scott, Scott, Snyder, not Zach. <laughs> at this point, we all know
1: there's only we one do, Snyder. but 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 oh. I feel like we need to <laughs> clarify that fact. Um, this was my first Comic Con where I've attended all four days. I've never been to a Thursday con, and I need to go there more Thur- often. Thursday is a great day. Thursdays are there room to roam. Yeah, more chill. You get to. See some good, uh, big ticket items uh, that are not available on the rest of the days.
0: Yeah, and usually because like they're sold out yeah. by the time you get. Yeah, it's just
1: it's so much chill. And what I loved about it is I didn't. I've heard that the public library have panels on Thursdays, but that was the first time I've attended two of them. And god damn it, I first for the first time I got my library card in years through comic-con <laughs> you know it's like i recently <laughs> s-
0: signed up for a digital one uh so i could use libby um and
1: th- when you mentioned libby it brought my attention because i did not know how the library collaborated with a lot of comic book artists Greg they Pat do was yeah there yeah because he did he was doing a book with a uh, public library about like soul um civics and talking about, like, certain aspects of certain historical figures. So I didn't know that they w- made a big push when it comes to comics, you know,
0: and the Department of Education. They, so they have, like, recent – that's relatively that. recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, why there are so many more comics available through those apps now is because some of the uh, – I, I can't speak to, again uh, – Marvel and DC because Marvel, both Marvel and DC their parent companies have their own apps but I do know that like a lot of the uh image I think has if not a deal there they definitely like there's a lot more recent stuff uh from image that you, is available through the library uh that you can get and I think that's like Uh, I think there might be some sort of cooperation there. I mean
1: that's one of the
0: best part of it just like
1: just like that's what I like about Comic Con. I mean I didn't see much of the big TV shows. I mean there weren't that many to begin with Um, and what I liked is that the way the new system is you have to register in advance for big panels. So it's like like this, you don't have to waste your time, you know, waiting online for something you may not sit in on, and it l- and it caps, you know, who is able to be in certain panels and who can't. So like this, you get a. G- I felt that this past con reminded me of like my first few cons, oh, that's where cool. it was not. I mean, obviously Saturday was a little packed, but it was sure. like, I I did what I wanted to do when I was when I waited online for the. Uh, Paramount Plus panel, w- we were all serenaded by like these old timey trio of guys who sang like 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 old timey songs. So while we waited, we just like got just like a nice little concert. So c- know, can I? I, I sh- I'll, sh- I'll play that to you after this. Can Can I? I, can, I can I
0: tell you a thing that'll both be interesting and make you horribly jealous? What? Do You know who is responsible for that, for l- probably those singers, and who was in t- in charge of the entertainment stage the entire weekend, Ooh. Jared. Who was in charge of the inter- inter- entertainment stage the entire weekend?
1: Wait, how so?
0: He was the person who. So, like, Wait, I thought he was an audio engineer. He right? is, but they he did he's done a lot of work for New Comic Con in the previous years sound and and setting up so they called him up and they basically he was in charge of like the entertainment stage and because they had a lot of time to fill that they didn't program he I wouldn't be surprised if those people were singing to you while you were online were something that he just went hey to those dude those singers they were probably on some other panel and I'm like hey do you guys just want to do this he did a thing there was like a, a panel that was like stuntmen and he was just like, "Hey, they don't have anything programmed. Do you think if I gave you like a block of 15 minutes on the entertainment stage to promote your panel, you could just come up with something? And then he said that they went off and they just talked to each other like like whisper for like five minutes, and then they came back to it and they were like, yes." <laughs> and he said it was just like, just on, they just went off and they talked for like 50, 20 minutes and they put on this like amazing show mm-hmm. because he just gave them like, Hey, I'll give you, Hey, you guys want to do something. There's this spot free that they didn't program because apparently they didn't program a lot of that time because they just didn't plan it. And he said next year is like, Hey, if you give me a little extra money? I will hire an assistant and I will give you just give me a list of everyone who has a panel and has something going on, and I will give you like a show. I will fill that time because you guys obviously didn't program it. But he's just like, yeah, give me a little bit, give me some more money. I'll hire and, and both when Jared was I was hanging out with him and Tiff, Tiff and me were just like, I could be yours. <laughs> <laughs> I know it, it was like a I'm surprised you didn't see him. It, uh, probably because he didn't go to a lot of panels, but apparently where all the lines for the panels were, there was I like a. those. There I was like a best there was like a stage area. Yeah. I... And that was primarily he was just standing there like interviewing people. And I I don't know if you want to hear about this on Mike, but he met like everybody. Oh. Uh, he he met uh, Michael Sheen and David Tennant before, because he was in charge in the panels, like, moving, like, the entertainment stage. The way they've kind of done it is, like, they come out, like, some of the people who are doing panels, they do, like, a short thing on the entertainment stage, and then they, to basically, like, promote their panel. It's basically for people who either can't get into the panel or to help promote a panel, whoever's in the panel will come and they'll talk to him. For like five minutes, so he he met like Michael Sheen and David Tennant. He had an entire apparently an entire really fun conversation with Jonathan Frakes. So, <laughs> which uh, does not surprise me at all because like you know, I mean Frakes w- is just old hat. It and, and was
1: it was a f- it was a really great Comic Con. I mean, it's I saw, I mean, I appreciated the con where it's not heavy on big Hollywood shit. You know, I feel like so, so much of the I big Hollywood the shit is
0: now been deferred to D23 and like I, San I Diego. Like yeah.
1: You know, I mean, I was, I loved because I saw panels on books. I got to, to panels on like fucking Scott Snyder. Yeah. You know, how to integrate comics in, you know, in school and education, on how to deal with like um, gender issues. You know, in the classroom and in comics. Out, I mean, just like I go to Comic Con for panels and just yeah. learn a, about shit. So my, you know, my and that much I appreciated my so much
0: m- my big thing panel. is next year I would want to go Thursday and Sunday, okay. unless unless Twisted Tunes is happening on Saturday because a lot of times they put Twisted Tunes on Saturday because it's one of the quote unquote big panels. Okay. Twisted Tunes would be the only reason I would go on a Saturday, okay. if if they were doing it on a Saturday, because that's my favorite. Are some of those smaller panels, Artist Alley? I always go through Artist Alley, and some of like the indi, like the sort of like smaller. They usually have a section that isn't necessarily comics, but it's just like weird smaller companies. Mm-hmm. I always love going through that. I always love walking through Artist Alley. Um, Finding some of those, I almost always purchase art either, usually from like super indie, unknown artists, like people who aren't working on a book, a regular book or anything. I just like, I just like, I dig that. Like, I've bought plenty of pieces of art, or I would just like walk past a table, I see someone's artwork, and I go, I'm going to buy that. Uh, and then there are a couple people, there every year I go, I always want to buy something from kevin mcguire and i just never for some weird reason they always put him in a weird place Mm -hmm. because he's he's a very well-known dc artist but he doesn't work he he's worked on some famous books but they're famous books that they're not recent famous books uh and I love his work and I've always wanted to purchase something for him. but every year I've gone, I've either two, two of the years I've found him, been like, okay, and he did he didn't have like a, a way to like buy stuff by credit card. And I went I went, I will be right back and I went to go get like cash or something. And I one of the years I came back to Artist Alley and I couldn't find his table. I don't know whether he moved or he took a break or something. And one of the other years I went and I came back and he was just gone. I don't know what, it's a weird thing. I don't think, it's not, I can guarantee it's not his fault. It's always because they just put him in a a strange area in Artist Alley that like, it's like somewhere like weird in the middle. So he's always like, Difficult to, like, find. And if he's not there, like, immediately at the table, like, it's, yeah, it's, like, impossible. It's like, because, you know, like I said, he's not he's not necessarily famous enough that, like, when he leaves the table, there will be someone there, like, minding it for him. And also, like, I think he does, like, stand-up or whatever, too. So, like, yeah, it's, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was it was nice with that, the fact that, I mean, granted, you're not going <sighs> to sit in or you can't camp in every panel sure but the fact that you know you're not going to get into everything so you can just like focus on one or two panels like a con to get into and the rest explore so you don't have to sit on the like the main stage area hoping that you get in it was it's, it was just very free so i i appreciate that the lack of option is i think the best part of
0: I, I, so from what Jared was telling me, like, one of the best people, like, the people he, like, organized, because it's one of those panels that is probably, and when he told me this, I was like, oh, that makes total sense. There was uh, a group of stuntmen, and then there was a stunt guy, I forget who he's, he's, like, uh he has a very like polish last name that has like a bunch of like consonants in it so it's like impossible but it was like bill something and jared interviewed him and said okay what is the one thing uh reason why someone should people should come to your panel because he's not like a big huge panel and he basically said he was just like you don't know who i am he goes But every movie that you have seen that you love, like Marvel or DC movie, every big star or like all of the like he's like, you haven't heard, you don't know who I am, but you know, everything that I've worked on. Like, and he's like, and I have doubled for some of your favorite fight sequences that you have ever seen in film. And I was like. word (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah
1: i don't know why it's not playing but yeah these guys that they're just random i don't know if they had like a panel but
0: you know they might not have but (laughs) uh, yeah
1: they just walk around and just like singing to us while we were waiting for to watch. Uh, so, so the reason
0: why I bring up like the stunt is that's one of those panels just like people don't think about that, but they probably have some of them. that's prob that was probably I hope they do it next year because I will in a heartbeat go to that panel. I'll let you know when um
1: Because when I'm able to get tickets, I'll let you know and you'll tell me which days that you Because want
0: to get. those guys like what Jared asked that dude is just like Those guys, that would be. I would venture, even having not been to that, that that's probably one of the best panels of the entire con that no one went to. Because those guys have the. Because I've listened to podcasts and a couple of interviews with those guys, those stuntmen. They have the best stories. Because they've worked on everything. everything. Like, and now they're making they're they're making them because of like CG like deep fake stuff. Those guys are doing even more than they used. They have to act now more than they used. They're not just doing stunt double stuff. They're doing stuff the actors would normally be like. Apparently, the guy a couple of the, two of the guys who were Harrison Ford's double uh, for the Indiana Jones, the most recent Indiana Jones movie shot more had more screen time than Harrison Ford did. Because of all the scenes where it's younger Harrison Ford. So they had younger Harrison Ford stunt double with deep fake younger Harrison Ford's face on that dude. But it's him in all of those scenes. (laughs) Which means that like however much screen time young Harrison Ford has in the new Indiana the most recent Indiana Jones movie. It's all that sunk now. So I would love that if he does a panel. I was like, "Fuck! I want to! I want to go to his panel." He must have some fucking ridiculous stories. Yeah, because you know, uh, Tom Tom Cruise. Even though he, you know, he does most he of the stuff himself. Knows. But 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 like, whoever is he? Because I guarantee he's Tom Cruise. He probably has like two guys, if not one guy, that's like his. Cause all those the biggest guys have like Kiaki a dude, that, yeah. have a dude who is their primary stump that they've been working at with, with for like decades. I was just like, I, yeah, I want to, if there's a panel, I want, I want to go to that guy's. panel. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I just, cause we were talking about comic Con, yeah. Jared told me that story. I was just like, Oh yeah. If there's, if the stunt double dudes come back this coming year, I, definitely want to see <laughs> those guys
1: yeah like overall it's been like it was a, a really good con you know um it feels like comic-con is slowly coming back sure you know this was definitely a bigger con in my opinion than it was last year and you know obviously people are getting more comfortable post-pandemic yeah i mean i mean
0: like th- we weren't quite there last year this year it makes sense that, that would um, be. yeah and yeah just like
1: Super great, super chill, you know. And I kind of like the layout of everything. All of the big panels are on one end. Of yeah, the I heard they organized things a little bit better where this year. The Fort artists Alley used to be. That's That was under construction. Now that's only main um, big ticket panels goes there because they're, those areas What are did they do with Artist alley, um, alley then? It's right underneath the showroom floor at the okay. sublevel basement. So that's where it is. Oh uh, so know, they so still they still
0: stuck there. them in the fucking basement. You know, like yeah. Like, oh, yeah. But I sure mean I it's <laughs> not
1: I mean, to be fair, they're not secluded. You know, they're sure it's like sure. they're directly underneath the main showroom floor. So you are able to easily access that area. Um, and on the far right uh, is the photo ops, all that shit there. Um but yeah, it's li- it seems like everything was ideally organized. You know, wasn't a hassle getting there or lining up for the con. You know, no major issues. Yeah, it seems like you know it was like it. It brought me back to two thousand nine, my first. Oh con. yeah, okay. You know, small ish. You know, but I got to see what I wanted to see.
0: Uh, so very quickly, and then I will. I will get to. The three things that I that are currently running, and one thing that's been running for a while that I will throw at your head again. Uh, but uh, any like favorite cosplays that you saw? I know it's been a while.
1: <laughs> take my phone. There was one that I had to take because it was shit it's on my it's on my camera it's fine um there were there was one that i think was education. shit let me give me a second i have to
0: well, wha- while you go find that i will say um i am really looking forward to which i think comes out it might have come out this – it might have come out today, actually. I think, actually, it did come out today. The Scott Pilgrim animated thing.
1: I heard that they, they made that. It's on Netflix? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, uh, I'm super looking forward to that. Uh, also on Netflix, a anime-adjacent show called White Eye, uh, Blue Eye Samurai, Samurai. Really good. Really, really well done. Although I will say some of like the racial stuff that if it had, if it was in Japanese would probably sound a little less weird. The fact that all the dialogue yeah. is originally in English is just, it makes some of like, even though it takes place in like, like feudal Japan, some of like the, the sort of race dynamics of it. Yeah. It's just when you hear that and people saying Sounds all of it, in English, it's just like, that's a little odd. Uh, other than that, that show is actually really, really good. Um, two things. Uh, sister podcast, uh, Best Boy podcast are probably talking this show to death. There's a show on Crunchyroll, an anime called Free Ren. Uh It is amazing. And as I always throw at your head, you need to get on Demon Slayer. I'm going to Before that final mm-hmm. season drops. Uh, also, Letterkenny's final season is in Christmas. They're probably only going to do one more season of Shorzy, which is just as well because they were starting to fall off a little bit. There's only so long they could have sustained either of those shows. Uh, I think that, and I think they knew that. So, and I think they're all because of the success of both of those shows. I think they can go off and do that. I do appreciate though that all the the almost the entire cast of Shorzy is actually former pro hockey players uh and i think a
1: lot about hockey oh in terms of cosplay there was like one guy who pulled off a great namor okay from the mcu and this one guy he dressed as jafar from aladdin okay you don't see that many like aladdin cosplay sure sure but he was his right age he just pulled that off pretty quickly, pretty well, and I just had to take a picture. Right, cool, of that guy. But those were like the two. That's oh,
0: also you may you probably could comment. Apparently, Spider-Man Two is fucking fantastic. The game, I I <laughs> I don't have the it's, system to play it. I I but I've it's
1: um, God, you know what? It's Spider-Man Three okay but pulled off well, meaning sure there's a lot going on yeah there's a with you've got subplots with miles morales you've got peter parker you've got you know venom you've got uh spoiler alert, um harry osborne who becomes sure. Venom, um and all of that it's it's just like it shouldn't work because it's a lot and each yeah. one of those things should be should have their dedicated storyline but it works seamlessly well the action is great um, and It's and prob-
0: probably a credit to whoever is the writer writer slash writers behind that i is what i'll say
1: and you know it's it works well with like like the little brother big brother and how the little brother is stepping out of you know big brother shadow where miles is like coming into his own You know but it's also spider-man it's like peter parker losing his job (laughs) within the first 10 minutes you know you see shots of overdue bills you know you see him you know torturing himself over what happened in the first spider-man his solar game um and the emotional consequences you see villains Getting rehabilitated, sure. You know, and the fact that heroes are not o- expected to kill them, but trying to reach out to the humanity of these people
0: to it's give a big, them it's a also that's chance. a that's a big Spider-Man thing. Is like he's and p- it's and it pulls off. I mean, it's al- know, it al- it long. also is has to do with the fact that that like a g- significant chunk of Spider-Man's villains are either his fault or people he's very closely (laughs) uh like in some sort of they're either friends of his or family members or friends of like yeah it. it, you know it's (laughs) spider-man
1: i mean it's i mean i just wished most of the spider-man movies were like this game sure because the whole point of i mean they they care about the character and they know Spider-Man is a good guy who gets life just shit on him but gets up anyway and does the right thing and does his best to help the his his rogues. You know, he does his best to rehabilitate them to have them see the light. And there's like this one aspect where it's not a big spoiler, it's just like the beginning of the game where, you know, something triggers Sandman To go ape shit on New York City, you know, and Spider-Man defeats him. And a lot of the Easter eggs, you have to get collectibles. And each of these collectibles give you snippets of, like, the motives of of Sandman. And then you're able to collect them to show... To, uh, to give something to Sandman's daughter. But sure. the whole point is that you—it's sh- the idea is that every step of the way you're trying to help Sandman you know, get better while he's in prison and at the same time look after his kid who is innocent in all of this. you know. And god damn it. And there's a few moments where it's just like one-off missions where it's not with villains, it's just like a homeless person sure. that you're helping out with his pigeons. And its I, d- I would like to say this, but Dude dies while he you talk to him, d- helping his pigeons Sure, out, and you fucking cry. Sure, <laughs> you know? this is what I'm saying. I've heard. I've heard the game. You is help this old guy who is dealing with dementia, and he knows he's dealing with dementia. But whatever remaining memories he has, he's trying to reconnect with key moments with his wife who died decades ago. And then you're trying to find this old man, and you're getting recordings of his past life and how he's trying to remember his love and just like those little things right there that is just perfect and there's like a flashback you play with as um, Peter when he's in high school nerdy high school with you know Harry Osborne and how they are just going through mischief in high school together and that how hel- and that helps build a good a great sense of like bond between Spider-Man or be between Peter Parker and, and you know. Apparently and apparently – And then they break apart towards the end, and it's just like it's heartbreaking. You see – you you feel for this relationship, and it's like y- you don't see that much – that many relationships between two guys, you know, but it's great. They love each other. You know, they care for each other. And at the end, you see this friendship break apart because, you know. Venom shit happened, you know, you feel for it. You know, it's just, it's great. I've through it. The action is great. The story, it's because it's Spider-Man. The story is also very compelling.
0: S- actually, stuff I, I wish they were doing in the comics. that is a, comics, The Spider-Man comics uh, have become kind of a mess. Uh, a lot of that actually has to do with, like, the multiverse stuff. Uh, and I think it's just it's new multiverse stuff with, spi- just in general. I okay. just th- I just think it's it's, uh, because it's Spider Man. It's just like, and again, it depends on the writer. But a lot of Spider Man stuff. I tried reading the sort of most recent Amazing Spider Man book, and it's just like mostly because of Ryan Otley. and I was just like, uh, it's just, it's. When you scale him up too much, it is very. I mean, it's actually a fluke, an anomaly that, like, across the the most recent Spider-Man, the animated, which I recently rewatched on net because it's on Netflix now. It's still it gets better. It, it, there's still more stuff that you notice, but that's actually an anomaly that that works because Spider-Man actually is better when you. scale... Pair him down a little bit more. Uh, he, I, the other character, my favorite character is like that too. Uh, the most recent Daredevil stuff has been okay, but it's definitely like on a scale, a level that is just like okay. Like, I, well, you're never gonna read it, so he is literally in hell, like in literal hell now. Mephisto. Doing uh, no, not Mephisto. It's like. It has to do. Else. It has to do with like the hand and some other stuff, oh, okay. um, and it it's not bad. It's it's not. Gr- it, it's just that like, it's a level of sort of sort of like. It's like how they involved Daredevil in like War of the Realms, is they gave Daredevil uh, Hamdell's powers, and it was just like, nah, man, you can't do that with a character like Dare. It, he doesn't work. When you in when you put him in the larger universe, like Marvel, even in the comic books, you know he's part of this larger like Marvel universe. But he has his lane. That he has it's his lane. like he has to. He, uh, he's in his little neighborhood. It's why one of the best runs on Daredevil is is was Brian Michael Bendis. Literally, when he becomes the king, basically the kingpin of Hell's Kitchen. And, it's like, Spider-Man and Mr. Fantastic and Luke Cage, like, his buddies, big, like uh, Dr. Strange, are just like, what the hell are you doing? And he was just like, I, I'm not like you guys. I'm, like, I'm not you, Mr. Fantastic. I don't deal on this. I'm not as smart as you. I don't deal on this fantastic. He literally just goes, hey, Spider-Man, you call Queens. Luke Cage, you call Harlem. Mr. Fantastic, you're Midtown. Uh, Dr. Strange, you call the village because that's where your yeah. building is. And it's just like, just just claim it. And just that, that was like his argument. This is why I became Kingpin. It's just like, I can't deal with stuff on a cosmic level. I just want to keep my little area. That's why I declared myself Kingpin because it's the only way I knew how to say, okay, this little area no matter what happens is going to be okay and the only way i know how to make this little area okay is to basically go i'm the kingpin now i'm in charge of everything <laughs> like and it's it's a great story because of that because he just basically focuses on the fact that like i don't have cosmic powers i'm just going to co- i'm just going to try and keep my neighborhood i mean it's why luke cage doesn't really work as a member of the avengers when you pull him out of his like no man, he's he's. His thing is like, I'm gonna keep Harlem safe. That's you know. my. I'm gonna keep. The some characters have the the historical grounded. place of New York black people like <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, and going back to Spider-Man Two, there was a boss fight I didn't know was compelling until I went through it. You have a boss boss fight against Mary Jane, Ven- venomized. Okay. And she just rips into Peter Parker as she's kicking her ass. Sure. he's can't hold down the job.
0: She knows everything. Because she like, knows everything. It's, yeah.
1: th- it's not the fights, but the verbal assaults yeah. that he cuts him down. Is like, oh, shit. You've been holding. You know, it's been. It's like. you you see her struggle or sacrifice for him, but the fact that she just like lays it all out, obviously influenced by the symbiote, but it was like, it was a more heart wrenching, you know, fight scene, you know? Um, Yeah. Just like it's a game that they know what, who Spider-Man is. It's a character with great, you know, fights, you know, great action sequences, but it's a lot of heart and motion and tragedy and they don't, Pull punch if I
0: had to play a season five, I'd stay alive. You're not matter. a gamer, you know. N- I am uh, not, that is true. But
1: you know, if you were to sit next to someone who is you'd appreciate
0: the story. Oh, yeah, this you'd is appreciate what I've heard
1: the story, you know, because it is Spider Man through it,
0: through. sure. And I think that's, I think we're good. Uh, We've gone per almost per two hour. hours now. <laughs> I kind of need to go home because I, I think I need to get. I, I need don't to get think the cat will allow you to go home. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Peace out, everyone.